Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Good morning. Wow, I almost had it. How you guys doing? It's good to see you guys. So, um, today is kind of, there's kind of a theme going on today. Yeah, notice. Right? I'm not sure what it is yet. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you for loving us and being so kind and gracious to us and just, just for your faithfulness. And so I just ask that you speak through me this morning in the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. So I'm driving up here and God's putting some stuff on my heart and and one of the things he started talking to me about was that now is a time of salvation. Amen. Right? Now is a time of favor. Today is a time of salvation. And then I realized what day it was, right? And then I also realized how powerful that word now is, you know? Uh, so much of the time, we're waiting for something to happen when God's like, it's already something I've done. We're always trying to work to do something, and Jesus is always trying to get us to labor to rest in the done. It's a finished work. When he died on the cross, guess what he said? He said, ah, get to work, boys. <laughs> it's just beginning. Now the hard part begins, because like I did the easy part. <laughs> No, he didn't. What did he say? When he was dying on the cross, he said, you know what? It's finished, right? Do you know what that means? It's finished. Like I get, the, you know, you go to Christmas and they got this big, big meal, man. And like you're sitting there eating it and you're like, oh, this is so good. And, and then you're just like, I'm finished, right? I'm done. I'm done. And then they bring the pie out. <laughs> And then you're like, ah, maybe I'm not finished, right? And then you eat that, and like, I'm finished, right? And then you sit for a few minutes, and you remember there's another piece of pie, right? <laughs> and so our finished, and this is where I think we get messed up, is because we think that our finished is, is Jesus' finished. When he said that, he's like us at, at, at Christmas, or he's us, us at Thanksgiving, and he's sitting there eating, and he's like, oh, it's finished. And he goes, wait, but there's another piece of the pie. Do you ever think, well, maybe there's another piece of the pie. If I can just do this, or if I can just do that, then I can, I can be where I need to be, and I can feel the peace that I need to feel inside. And Jesus is saying the whole time, it is finished. When he said it is finished, he meant it. He's like, I'm done, boys. Like all this, it's finished. It's paid for. It's paid in full. Now receive it. So, so we get so caught up in the do that we forget the done. And our, our, our um, job is not to rest in the, in the do, but to rest in the done. He said, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you will be saved if you do all the other things right. What? Was that? That's not what it said? It ends with and you will be what? It ends with saved. It end, it, he was finished. Yeah. Right. So we believe in what? 
in our heart and we confess with our mouth. Why do we confess it with our mouth? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you believe it in your heart, then it starts coming out your mouth, right? You can't. It's our thoughts, our feelings, and then our actions, and then we start acting on what we believe. And that's why it's so important to, to study what Jesus said, right? Right? He said, faith comes by doing. Faith comes when all everything's right and all the actions come right. Faith comes from being perfect. Faith comes from what? From what? I couldn't, I couldn't hear you guys. Faith comes from hearing, right? And hearing what? Hearing the word of God. And you're like, I don't believe. Just keep hearing. Like, just keep listening. Just keep allowing that. Let, let that, it's our thoughts, our feelings, and our emotions. I guarantee you, you think about that enough. And, you, and that's why we meditate on the word, right? Why do we meditate on the word? Because it's like a cow. You ever watch a cow eating, man? It's the grossest thing. Like, like my wife watches this show. It's called The Big Bang Theory, right? And she's watched like nine. She'll, she'll like find a show and like she'll watch it all the way through. There's just one series. Like, and most of them are like 10 years. And so when I just get like right into the middle of it and then by the end of it, I'm like, yeah. And then it starts over and she goes, well, let's find another one. And she'll start. And I was like, I ain't even over this one yet. And, and we're already started, but she's watching this show. It's called The Big Bang Theory, and it's kind of fun. It's kind of science-y and stuff like that. But um, anyway, she's like, she's watching, and every scene almost, like every other scene, they're eating. <laughs> you ever notice that? But she's like, watch this. They're eating, but no one ever takes a bite. <laughs> like, they'll swish it around. And then they'll, they'll move it around, and then they'll get this little bitty piece. And they'll go up to them, and they won't eat it. Or they might just chew on it, and they'll just be like chewing. And it's like, or they'll take a drink, and like they'll start off with this much in their glass. And when they're done, they'll have this much in their glass. <laughs> like, and they're sitting there drinking it for 30 minutes. I mean, how, how does that happen? And so we're sitting there watching, and she's like, they never do that. And so I'm watching, and this one dude, he's sitting there, and he's eating, and and, and, like, they put all this food out. There's two people, and it looks like our Thanksgiving deal. And I was like, like how do they stay so skinny, man? They, yeah. Like, if I ate like that, I'd be, like, like, like not good, right? And so here they are. They're, they're swishing it around, and all of a sudden, this dude takes three bites. And Linda looks at me, and she goes, I've never seen that before. <laughs> how in the world... What in the world happened? And then I look at the girl over there. She takes a bite. And I was like, well, maybe they were hungry that day. <laughs> I don't know, right? And she goes, I can't. I've watched like nine seasons of this, and no one ever takes a bite. Now they're taking bites, you know? And so, but what happens is we mull this stuff over. We meditate on the Word of God. And a lot of times, we don't take a bite. We have the food in front of us, and we'll stir it around. And we'll mess with it. And we'll bring it up to our mouth. And we might take a little bite here and a little bite there. But we don't allow it to sink in. So like a cow, when they're chewing their cut, like they'll take a bite. And then do you know what they do? They swallow it. They chew it. And then they'll chew on it. Then they'll swallow it. And then up it comes again. And you know what they'll do again? They'll chew on it again. And then you know what they'll do? They'll swallow it. 
and then they'll spit it back up and you know what they'll do? They'll chew on it again. And then you know what they'll do another time? They have four chambers of their stomach, man. I mean, I mean think about that. So, so what they're doing is they're, they're getting the most out of that and they're converting that in, into food for me. Right? They're con converting that into, into to steak for me, right? Like, I haven't had steak in forever, and so I was like, I'm going to get a steak tomorrow because I've seen it gone on sale um, for, for like 13 bucks a pound, and like, I don't just buy any kind of steak, man. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a steak prima donna, right? And so, so Linda goes, and like, I usually buy these rotisserie chickens. If you get them at Costco, they're four bucks. If you get them at, at Hagen's, they're like eight, right? And I was like, I don't want to spend any more than eight bucks on lunch, but that's like, that's going to be like 30 bucks. And I was like, I'm not sure I want to do that, right? And so I was like, God, I really want a steak, but I don't want to spend any more than eight bucks today. And, and so I was driving down the road um, from feeding the horses, and, and um, they eat way better than me, by the way. And so I'm, I'm driving home, and I call in. I was like, I want some steaks, but I don't. And she goes, just come home, because she knew that I'd be like going back and forth the whole way. You know, and probably didn't think I'd bring steaks home. I don't know what or do. But anyway, she goes to the store, and I was like, I'd made the decision. I had committed. We are getting steaks. So, but I was like, man, if it, uh, if it could only cost eight bucks, that would be great. So Linda goes to the store, and she, as she's walking around, they have this community day where they have these contests. And they have, like, these numbers up. And so as you're walking through the store, They'll call out a number, and then you win a gift. So she's sitting there looking at pickles, like, because I can eat pickles. The old pickles are good, right? Anyway, she's sitting there looking at pickles, and the speaker comes over and says, Number 11, you're the winner. And she's looking around. She goes, what? What's number 11? And she looks up at the sign, and she's standing right by number 11. And, and so they run over to number 11. She goes, I guess I'm here. I guess I won. Look, I, I won. She goes, what do I get? And they're like, you get a gift card for 25 bucks. Well, guess what my steaks cost? Yeah. $33.33. .33. She calls me at 3.33 and says, guess what? I won a, a $25 gift certificate and told me the story. And do you know what I paid for those steaks? You know what we paid? Eight bucks. Now, tell me that God isn't in everything. Tell me God doesn't love us. It's not like I, I mean, I had the 33 bucks, you know. Tell me. Tell me that. How can you tell me that, right? And then, then sometimes just start thinking, we get in tune with God and we're thinking, and it was like, like, I buy a lot of hay, man, like a lot of hay. And so I was like, God, I had just like a little break where I could just didn't have to, to buy any hay. And it's the same day, like, because like, now is the time of God's favor. Today's the day of salvation. And so, so we get a call that night. We're eating our steak. And this lady says, hey, you know what? I moved my horse from the, the property where you're at, but I had like 10 bells of hay left. And they're top-notch premium hay, and we just want to give those to you. We're not taking them with you. And I was like, in one day, I got, we got steak for $8, the same price as a rotisserie chicken. And I love the rotisserie chicken, man, right? But for $8, for the price of a rotisserie chicken, and I got 10 bells of hay.
Now tell me that God doesn't care about me. And if he cares about the little things, how much more does he care about the good things? And you know where he, where those were just thoughts. Like I didn't, thoughts and decisions I make. Our thoughts uh, allow us to make decisions and we make decisions based on what we're thinking about. Right? So what are we thinking about? So that's why it's so important for us to meditate. What is God saying? And what does God's word say? And as we say it, you know what? It's like ever, you used to burn these CDs. And you know you're not supposed to, but you like someone gets a CD and they're like, I need to burn that thing, right? And what they do is they burn it. And they burn that music. They burn that sound. They burn that thing on that other CD. And it's theirs, just like the other one. Well, that's what... what the word of God's quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And as we meditate and as we listen, do you know what, what God's doing? He's burning that into us. Like, it's like, you're like, man, that's, that's gross. Like, I just think of Brandon and Cal, you know. But it gets ingrained in us, right? Because he's already in us. And then our spirit comes alive. It bears witness and then we, we know, we start acting on that. We start knowing who we are. And it's not about what we do. It's what, about what, we, what he done, right? So now, let's take it. Does anyone know what today is? This Palm Sunday? I thought it was just Sunday. Oh, man, I thought that was next week. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm messing with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. Do you know what, what Palm Sunday literally was back then? It was called, it was called Sunday, yeah. It, it was called Lamb Selection Day. It was the day where all the lambs for Passover would be selected. And what, what's really cool is all these lambs were, were raised out by Bethlehem. You know, where was Jesus born? He was born in Bethlehem. And so, but these lambs had to be spotless. They had to be pure. And it goes back to Exodus when he said, take, it, take from your herd a lamb, the spotless lamb, and you keep it in your house, man. They keep these things in their house, and they name it Fluffy or Curly or whatever, you know. And, and they would get all close to this little lamb, right? And then they'd have to eat it. They'd have to slaughter it and eat it, right? So here they're preparing these spotless lambs to go to the, um, to the temple. And now Jerusalem, it always says you go up to Jerusalem. Why do you go up to Jerusalem? Because Jerusalem is 2,700 feet above sea level. And so three times a year, God always called the Jewish people to come up. And that's the place where God bore his name, right? So you'd think that Jerusalem is pretty important, right? So here... They're coming up, and they're coming up to the temple, and they're coming up, and as they're bringing these lambs into Jerusalem, they're coming up. And you know, it's like a lot of times we, the Bible says, in returning and salvation, and rest is our salvation. You know what we're returning to? We're returning to our source. Who is our source? The great I am that I am, the, the one who, who created the heavens and the earth, and then put his signature on it, in, in Jesus, in Yeshua, was all things created, right? And he said, I want to let you know before it even starts, before I even create the world, that I'm going to put his signature in there. And as you read in the Hebrew, 
in, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They have a Leif Tov in there. Now, what is that? That's Jesus' signature. He says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and I'm the end, and he's everything in between. But that, what he's saying is, I'm the Leif and I'm the Tov. I'm the sacrifice. Like, I'm the sacrifice that's being sacrificed on the cross. And so it should have been a clue, right? And so here they're returning, and that's where God calls us to return to that place of grace, to return to that place, return to our source, who we find in, in our Father God, in Jesus, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, not just our own works. That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives outside of us and walks with us. What? He floats above us, lives in heaven. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, he is everywhere. Right? And technically, he is, right? He's everywhere, but guess where he is? The power that he exudes resides in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. You know what? You're the only Jesus some people will ever see. I don't know. I'm not Jesus. Yeah, you are. Like, now don't say I'm telling you you're Jesus. Like, and go, like, literally, you're Jesus. But you are Jesus. Listen to this. And so when we ask, what would Jesus do? WWJD? Literally, it's what, what would Jesus do in and through us? And that's what makes him alive to people around us, is him working in and through us. We are crucified with Christ. He became us so that we could become his righteousness and who he is. It changed, it literally changed our identity to sons and daughters of the Most High God. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now that's good news, man. It, I don't care how down you are, how how sad you are. When you get that in your heart, man, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what you're going through. When you get that in your heart, wait a second, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Man, what an advantage, right? So here, here they're bringing them up uh, on lamb selection day, and as they're bringing them up, they're bringing Fluffy and Curly and, you know, all, all the sheep that they had to be perfect and spotless. And then here comes Jesus. And he's like, I want you to go get me a donkey. Now, you'd see, you'd think, man, that, that this being um, Jesus and I connect because his name's Yeshua, and I shoe horses. They're like, Yeshua? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's me, you know? And, and then he's a, he's a horse whisperer, man. And I'm a horse whisperer. Actually, I don't whisper to him. I just, I'm a horse thinker. Because uh, I don't even have to whisper. Those guys whisper. I don't even have to say a word. I, they just, I'm way better than they are, right? They'll have a new movie out called The Horse Thinker, right? You guys should get on that, Hollywood, right now, right? But... Where was I at? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you'd think we'd really connect, right? Because he's like, I want you to go get me a donkey. You know what? That's like us coming up and say, hey, I want you to go to the Rolls Royce dealer. And I want you to get me the, the newest Rolls Royce 
and I'm going to drive it down through a parade. Right? So he goes and he gets this donkey, this colt that's unstarted, and he rides it down right with the sheep, man, right with the lambs. And here's the thing. Everybody there knew what he was saying. They knew he was what he was saying, that I'm the Messiah. But their thought process wasn't in that today's the day of salvation. Today's the day that God's going to do something great in my heart. Can you put that screen up before I forget it? Today's the day of salvation. Today's, now's the time uh, of God's favor in my life, right? Today is... They didn't realize that he was there for them today because they kept thinking of him coming. And they're like, oh, here he comes. And guess what? We're going to have another, another Hanukkah, right? Where, where we have the Maccabees that come in and they, they wipe them out and re reclaim the temple. Right? That's what they were looking for. They were looking for an outside Savior to save them from their outside circumstances. And he was there to do that. But he wasn't going to do it from the outside in. He was going to do it from the inside out. And that's still the same way he works today. And this is why, why um, I, I love eschatology. Like, I love escalators. Like, when, when I'm at the, at the airport and you get on these escalators, and it's like, so you can study es escalators all you want in eschatology, right? Wait, that's not what that means, is it? No, eschatology is about Jesus coming back. And that's great. He is coming back. But we, if our focus is we're going to only be saved when he comes back, we're going to miss him living in and through us right now and changing the world. Yeah. We'd be better off if that's our theory and our thought process of studying the escalators at the airport. <laughs> It'd be less waste of time because it'd actually do something, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Jesus ain't coming back. What I'm saying is he's here right now, living in and through us. And here they are. They're on the side of the street, and they're waving palm branches, man. This is cult desensitization 101, man. If you're ever around an unbroke cult, you know automatically that you don't wave stuff like that. And a donkey is the worst, man. A horse, they, they have some sense. A donkey, they know what you're asking and they don't care. There's no connection with the donkey. And here Jesus is, is riding them through in the midst of this chaos. And here they're waving this and they're singing and they're shouting and they're singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. And that's what Jim was already talking about that you guys have already been singing about. Save us, I beseech you. Save us, I beg you. They're like, save us. And he's like, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to save you. That's my name. God's salvation, I am salvation, is riding on a colt, on a donkey, through the chaos of the palms, with the sheep everywhere. And they're singing out, save us, I beseech you, save us, we need saved. But they were so stuck on the outside 
stuff getting saved. They forgot that he was there to save them from the inside out. And when he saved them on the inside, then everything on the outside would change. Save us, he said. Save us. And they're waving this. And, and literally, they were going, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Baruch HaBashim at Adonai. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Baruch HaBashim at Adonai. Do you know what they're saying? I don't. What? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Right. Save us, I beg you. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. See, the Bible says that the name of the Lord is what? It's a strong tower. And it says, the righteous run into it. And they are saved. You see, there's no other salvation but in God's salvation. There's no other way but in God's way. We run into him and into his finished work. And do you know what he does? He heals us. He provides for us. He takes care of us. And he starts on the inside. And he moves it to the outside. That name Yeshua, that name Jesus has power. It made a difference. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And so here he goes on into town. And they're still waiting. And you know something today? Some of us are still waiting. You see, sometimes we believe that Jesus was some good dude, like he did exist, and he had great teaching, man. Everybody, like even people that don't believe that he was the son of God, know that he has some wisdom, and there are some good things in what they say. They use it. And then there's us who are supposed to know him, but do we really believe? Are we really resting in what he done on his finished work on who he really is? Or are we trying to earn our way for his salvation? That was a free gift. We get that choice. See, we're coming up on Passover, coming up on being free from Egypt. We're coming up when they left Left Egypt, they left with all the silver, with all the gold. Not one was lame, not one was feeble. There's power. Guess what? There's power in the finished work of, of Jesus. There's power in him coming through on that Sunday. It's just not a, a, a ritual that we celebrate. It's a remembrance of something that really happened and is still happening today. Hey man, we still need Jesus to save us. We still need him in our lives. But that's where our hope is. I was reading in in, um, in Luke chapter 8, and it says this. Now Jesus returned, but now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, they, for they were all expecting him. 
Then a man named Jairus, ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading him with him to come to his house. Jesus, because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying, and Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. To me, it's kind of like Jesus is driving to church and there's a Prius in his way. <laughs> you know? He's got to get there. You know, the time's urgent, right? And there's this Prius, and it's going 20 miles an hour, right? So, not that I don't like Priuses. I mean, sometimes I like them, right? But here he's going to, to Jairus' house, and he runs into this big crowd. See, Jesus wasn't shy, like, he always had a big crowd, or a lot of times, until they didn't like what he said, and then they all left except the 12 disciples, right? But here, it says this, and Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, man. Like, they were so tight, they're like trying to get something from him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and, and three weeks later, she was healed. What? Instantly? Oh, it's my glasses. You can kind of see I broke them. That's okay. They still work. If I break this part, I'm still going to use them. I'll just pretend I can see. And immediately, her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. And when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Like, who hasn't touched you? Right, that's what Peter's saying. But Jesus said, No, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told, she told why she had touched him, and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in, in peace. Now, get this. Jairus had already come and said, Look, I need you to come to my house. My daughter's sick, and I'm afraid she's going to die. And here Jesus is going. He's on his way to heal this young lady. And as he's on his way, he's getting bombarded, and he's getting... All this stuff. And then on his way, a woman gets healed just by touching the hem of his garment. To use it. And he said, your faith has made you whole. And then that's a whole nother story, right? But he's on his way. Just like. Watch this. Just like on Palm Sunday. On Lamb Selection Day. They're looking for a savior. They're looking for a hope. And here he is. He's on his way. Now, it wasn't happening the way they wanted. It wasn't happening as fast as they wanted. But it was getting ready to happen greater and bigger than they ever thought. The Bible says God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. They were looking for a salvation that would last right now, instant gratification. And God was giving them a salvation that would last for eternity and would be from the inside out, and no one could take it away from him. He was on his way. Just like here. Well, what happened? 
There's things that you've been waiting on. There's promises that God's given you. There's hopes you have in your heart. You know what God says? Now is a day of favor. Now is a time of salvation. This is your season. I'm going to do great things. Watch me. And Jairus couldn't, like, like, could you imagine how uptight he must have been? Dude, my daughter's dying. Like, I need you to get there, like, get some urgency. And he's a ruler. He's used to telling people, come, and they come and go, right? And so here, here's Jesus. And he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. You know what peace means? It means shalom. Wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came to the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Do you have stuff in your life that's scary? Do you have stuff in your life that looks like it's dead? Like dead, dead, dead. Like there's no hope. You're like, yeah, I don't even need to go to God with this because it's done. No need to bother God because there's no hope in this one. And that starts with fear and that fear goes to despair and that despair goes to hopelessness. And that hopelessness continues into depression and that depression, you just keep moving forward and hoping that one day it'll change on the outside and God's like, I've got the answer and I'm going to change you on the inside. And it's going to be such a great change. It's going to change on the outside, too. It's going to be an explosion. It's going to be a resurrection, just like on Easter Sunday when, when he rose from the dead. On Resurrection Sunday, the resurrection was so powerful. It happened inside the tomb, but it exploded out and affected the entire world. And that's what he's going to do inside you. Let's not bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. You guys see that picture? There'll be rain on Monday. On Tuesday, it's supposed to snow. I always wanted to be a weatherman, right? He says, What? Do not be afraid. You see that fishbowl? You know that goldfish can only grow as much as he is inside that bowl? And sometimes when the world's shaking and things are moving, God's actually jumping us out of that fishbowl into the ocean. Why? Because in that ocean, that dude's going to be a shark. You know what I mean? He's going to grow. That change, that uncomfortability, that hopelessness, that things were like, man, God, this, is, this doesn't look good. And he, God says, what, what the enemy meant for evil, I will turn for your good. If you will just trust me in it. Will you trust me? He said, hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe. And she will be healed. And you know what? They're like, yay! Jesus is so smart. We believe. No. It says when he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's 
father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were waiting and mourning for her. Stop welling, Jesus said. Not like welling, like welling in the water, but like welling and crying, right? Okay, stop welling, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. Now, it's funny because he brought three, three disciples. He brought Peter, the rock. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. So Simon went from hearing to the rock. But what is a rock? That this is the son of God. This is the Messiah. This is the one that you've hoped for. This is salvation himself. He brought that with him. And then he brought John. What does John mean? It's Yochanan. It means God's grace. And then he brought James, the good looking one, (laughs) the smart one. Kind of reminds me of me, right? But this is James the Great, right? And he's also the brother of Yochanan, right? And so here, I don't know why I call him James the Great and James the Less. If you're named James, you're great, (laughs) right? Amen. But but, but, yeah, amen, right? And so so here they they have James, the son of Zebedee, James which represents righteous judgment and wisdom, right? The son of Zebedee and Zebedee's wife is Salome. Now, listen to this. What does Zebedee mean? It means a gift, the gift of Yah. Gift of Yah. Where does Yah come from? Yahweh, right? Yah has given. And then the mom's name is to make whole or complete. God has given his grace and his righteous judgment and wisdom to make us whole and complete. Now, can you imagine that? Is there just coincidences in the Bible that it's named like that? But this is what Jesus chose to put in there with the girl's mother and father, right? Meanwhile, he, he, the people only said, Stop well, and Jesus said, Jesus, she said, She's not dead, she's asleep. And they laughed at him. The King James says they scorned him with laughter, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. And her spirit returned at once, and she stood up. And when Jesus told them to give, told them, give her something to eat, her parents were astonished, but ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. You know... He's still that same Jesus. He's still that same same person. And he's speaking stuff to us. You know, just like on Christmas when we talk about Zechariah, right? In, in the temple. And Mary, they're two different, different responses. One was laughing, just like these folks did. The other one was let it be according to your word. What are you going to choose this Palm Sunday, this Lamb Selection Day? Are you going to choose the Lamb? Or are you going to choose to continue just trying to get good enough when you already are? It's our choice. Amen? Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www dot silverlakebaptist dot o r g